Welcome to the Farming Basics Podcast with Olivia Fuller. We'll have sustainable farming tips from growers across the state and extension specialists at Auburn University. All right, and we're back to the Farming Basics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jacob Kelly, and we're here to talk about pecan production. We've got Dr. Chip East with us today. Again, thanks for joining us. Good to be here, Jacob. Phone calls about pecans. I get them a lot from homeowners. I get them a lot from my growers. Seems to be a popular commodity. Where do we start when we get into pecan production? What's number one? That's a good question. And I guess it depends on if we're thinking of planting a pecan orchard or if we already have an existing pecan trees, what, what we need to think about. So I guess it depends on where you are in your in your stages of, of growth there. Okay, well, let's say we'll start with I inherited some family land. Uh, it used to be row crop land, uh, so that's going to play a role in establishment. But it's vacant of, you know, any crops now. There's no pecan trees present. Um, where where am I going to start in that situation? And I would think about how I'm going to manage the trees that I plant. Okay. Am I doing this commercially and I'm wanting to sell nuts off of those trees or I'm just looking for yard trees for family use? And it depends on the... That would tell me which cultivars or, or types of pecans I would be planting. Some of the... We call them low-input uh, pecan trees. I could name a few. Uh, Gafford and... and Kansas and Adams Five, Amlin, there, there, Elliot, there, there's several that we can plant that are scab resistant. Scab is a bad disease. It makes black spots on the it's fungal disease. Makes black spots on the leaf, on the shuck. That shuck will turn black, and the nut fall off prematurely. If you live in the southeast, you've probably and had yard trees, you've probably seen that. Well, we can. We'll get to spacing in a minute. There's things we can do to to help on that, but planting a scab-resistant tree, if I was planting from scratch, nothing there, and I'm, that would be something I would really think about is the scab-resistant tree. Now, if you've already got trees, it's something else, but scab is a big problem. Aphids can be a problem. Um, pecan phylloxera is a... We get a lot of calls about that in the spring it makes little bumps on the leaves and on the uh, stem the raceme the stem of the leaf that's a big problem that and again sprays can help that but a homeowner can't spray so i don't ever recommend anything there but the pecan farmer would and they can manage scab and they can manage aphids and they can manage phylloxera one of my favorite i shouldn't say it's a my favorite insect but it it it's just interesting on pecans is the twig girdlers. You know, they'll go out on a branch and they'll chew it. They'll lay eggs, but they'll chew around that branch. You'll think somebody cut it with a knife, and eventually that branch will fall off, and you'll think, what did this? An insect did they Listen, to, you need to, any branches that you have fallen from your trees, you need to pile them up and, and burn them pretty soon or, or throw them away in your trash. Don't, let, don't just throw them to the edge of the yard or in the woods because insects can develop from there and and reinfest your 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 trees so get rid of those limbs as they fall get rid of the leaves on the ground as they fall if if you can there's some things we can do there to manage trees but the bottom line is when planting them are you going to spray and when i say spray and manage these diseases sometimes it's 10 times a year and a homeowner just don't have the equipment the farmer 
has an air blast sprayer capable of spraying 80 foot tall in a pecan tree, and they will make pecans. They'll have green leaves on that plant. They won't have, well, hopefully, won't have scab and these other insects, and they'll make a good crop, but it costs them time and money to manage these trees. So you're either low input planting or high input planting, and you can't change your mind. Once you plant, you, you got to redo the trees. If you want the low input trees are smaller nuts, they're medium to even small size pecans, and hopefully they're scab resistant. A lot of these larger nuts are not scab resistant, and of course we need to manage for other insects as well, and we do that with, with pesticides. So it just depends on how you want to manage the tree as to which cultivars I would plant. Okay, so it's going to cost you more money in sprays if you do high input, larger nut pecans. But if you do lower input, you might save some money on some fungicide applications and time maybe. Yeah, the low input, we're not going to spray at all. We're going to do weed control around the tree. And if we could kill all the weeds in maybe a 10-foot diameter around the tree, if we could mulch that area... If it's in the pasture somewhere, it could be old rotten hay or something like that. But if it's in your yard, you might mulch it with whatever you mulch your landscape with. It might be pine straw or pine bark or something like that. It, it, it can be an ornamental tree in the yard as well as a productive tree. So we could mulch the tree, and we're going to irrigate the tree. The, the nutlets are really filling out in August and September. And I know October is historically the driest month of the year, but... September is usually pretty dry too. And um, during August and September, if you had a way to irrigate, if that tree's in your yard, you probably do. If that tree's way off in the field somewhere, you might not can. But if you could irrigate, that nuttle is really filling out in August and September. So if you could irrigate at those times of year, that would really help if you're not getting the rainfall. So then the other thing is, um, we can talk about plant spacing in a minute, but if you already have the tree, um, fertilization. So if I inherit a pecan orchard or maybe I buy some land that used to be a pecan orchard and I want to revitalize that, that's going to be different from me starting from the beginning, right? Yeah, if you already have trees planted, it all depends on this. A lot of times we'll plant trees, and everybody's different on this, but a farmer might plant the trees 30 feet apart in a row and 40 feet between the rows after so many years when the, the, the crowns start touching they'll cut almost half the trees out. And, you know, when you cull cows, how do you know which trees to cut? You don't just cut every other one. If you're culling cows, you don't just get rid of every other one. If one's productive, you keep. If one's not productive. So you might have two trees in a row that you might keep. And then you might get rid of three trees in a row that's not productive. But you kind of want to leave it where half sunlight hits the ground and half shade in the summertime. So it would be nice if it was every other tree, but it might not turn out to be that way. Again, if uh, you're not going to cull some of the trees, if you're not going to take out the trees, you might want to space them further out to start with. Uh, and they'll be left with, after you take half of them out, 60 by 80 might be a good spacing. If I was a home producer, even 80 to 100 feet wouldn't be too far apart because I can't spray. You know, someone who can spray for disease might plant them closer together, and, I, and they would. Right, More yeah. production per acre. Because if we plant them closer together, less air is going to be moving through there. That canopy is going to hold down humidity. More scab. More, Way more scab. And we can tolerate some, but when they start getting on the nuts, that's cutting into our bottom line. Yep. A lot of people call my nuts are turning black and falling off in the summertime, and that black is pecan scab. Yeah. There's other 
stink bugs can cause problems. There's other insects too, but that's it's very if I could wave a magic wand and make one pecan problem go away, it would be scab. So that's the most limiting factor in pecan production for sure. If I had trees already planted and I know I needed to get rid of some of them, you know, how do I know which ones to get rid of? I'll tell you if you thought what I like to do is number all the trees. One through ever how many? Every tree's got a number. And it would be nice to, we'll talk about fertilization. You know, I said the weed control, the mulch, the irrigating, the fertilizing property. We'll talk about fertilizing more later. But I'd love to manage them all for two to three years and then keep up with how much, one, production I got off of them, and two, when did the tree drop the leaves? And this is something to think about. I like to ride around in the fall. I take pictures of pecan trees. You know, I'll have two trees side by side. One has leaves on it, no, first of November. The other one beside it don't. Well, they got the same it's the variety's different, but I mean, they're in the same location. They got the same treatment, you know. Well, if a pecan tree loses its leaves before October 1, your next year's crop is always going to be zero. So every day after October 1, you're gaining pecans. So when does your tree lose its leaves? Well, I, I hope they keep their leaves through the middle of November. And it'd be nice long, but the middle of November, I'd love for them to keep most of their leaves. So the trees that first of November and the end of October and even before and, and following a rainy year, they may lose their leaves earlier than that. So keep that in mind. I don't like to judge it after one year, but I'd fertilize them, weed control mulch, like I said before, and then keep up with the ones that holds its leaves the longest. And those are the ones I would want to cut. If I got a field and I know a lot of them's got to be cut and a lot of them stay, the ones that hold their leaves the longest are the ones I'd want to keep. Right, because they're growing not only nuts for this year, but flowers for next year. They're growing during that time. You're, that's right. That's add nuts next year. The longer they hold their leaves. Right. So that's something they need those solar panels to get that energy going to be able to feed everything. Because pecans are well known to be alternate bearers, so they're going to produce really good crop one year, and then maybe the next year you might not get a crop, or you're going to have a lot less pecans on that tree. That is a good point. They are known to be alternate bearers. If you have a heavy, heavy, a pecan tree needs to grow six or eight inches this year to make pecans next year. So if you got a heavy crop load this year, you're probably not getting a lot of new growth on your tree. So the next year's light. Well, the next year that's light, you probably are getting a lot of new growth on the tree, so the next year would be heavy. Usually you don't have two heavy years in a row because when you have a heavy year, again, you're not getting the growth. However, you can have more than one light year in a row. Even if you have the new growth, if you have a lot of rain, and this sounds crazy, but in an extra rainy, wet year, production can be less even if you had an off year the year before that still don't ensure a heavy year that year if you have a lot of rain you're not going to make a heavy crop right because they're stressed yeah, right because there's too much water or maybe too, too little much scab. water and too, much, too scab. much scab now the farmer can spray and that again that's different but the homeowner that you, you can have several light years in a row but you won't have several heavy years in a row you talked a little bit about low-input pecans and then high-input pecans, but pollination is critical to get nuts on that tree. And there's different types of pecans. There's type 1 and type 2. Can you explain to us the difference between those two and how they work together to pollinate and so you get nuts? The type 1, the male part, the, the male part of a pecan is called a, a catkin, that bloom, and it's like oak trees will have this little stringy-looking bloom. In, during the year, but but hickory trees will do that, and pecan trees is a is a Carrie Illinoensis. It's a, a 
type of hickory. You'll, they'll land on your windshield and, and everything. They produce a lot of pollen, but the female bloom is not receptive when the male bloom opens. And this is interesting, but one pecan tree has enough pollen in it to pollinate every other pecan tree in the world if they were close enough. Well, obviously they're not <laughs> and all, but they produce a lot of pollen. Well, there's type one, the male part blooms, and a couple weeks later, the female's receptive. The type two, the female's receptive, and a couple of weeks later, the pollen sheds. So you need type, a mixture of type one and type twos on the property. Now, you can, it doesn't have to be half and half because, again, they produce a lot of pollen. You just If you've already got pecans that are producing nuts on your tree, if you only got one tree, I would say your neighbor or somebody has a pecan nearby that the wind is blowing the pollen to you. So it could be your neighbor's trees. It wouldn't have to be all on your property. But if there's no other pecan trees around, and again, these are wind pollinated, so if I got a lot of tree line all the way around blocking pollen, I'd want them to be in the open. I would make sure I get a type one and type two. And when you go to the nursery, they, they tell you that on the tags and magazine, wherever you order them from, it'll tell you type one and two. So you need something different. You can have four or five type ones and one type two or vice versa, but you need some different ones for that reason. Right. You can't just rely on those native pollen trees out in the woods to pollinate your orchard. Right. You got to participate in the pollination. I want it to be the same species, so I want it to be a pecan. Alabama Ag Credit is a proud sponsor of the Farming Basics podcast. Buying real property isn't the same as buying in town. If you're in the market to purchase your own piece of paradise or need an operating line for your farm, give our friends at Alabama Ag Credit a call. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, they can help you with everything from homes and lands to tractors and crops. Because sometimes natural resources need financial resources. And while some lenders don't get it, they do. Learn more by visiting alabamaagcredit.com. What about weed control in a pecan orchard, you know, a grower's out there. He's got to manage the weeds around the trees, right? I mean, you can't just let the weeds grow around the base of the tree. In my area, southwest Alabama, lots of these pecan orchards are turning into neighborhoods. And so I get to see a lot of dilapidated pecan orchards. And just about every single pecan tree in those old orchards has privet growing around it. Uh, The grass is growing up the size of the trunk. Uh, It looks really bad, but those weeds are also pulling nutrients from that tree, correct? Yeah, and a lot of these trees, they may be a couple hundred years old. I mean, it just depends, but a hundred anyway. And a lot of people say, well, when I was younger, when I was a kid, this tree had pecans. Well, one, it was 50 years younger back then sometimes. Right. It was managed and, and all. So I'll tell you some things we can do, and that's, again, the weed control is something. A lot of pecan orchards may spray a 15-foot-wide strip all under that row of trees. Then they've got a strip of grass between the rows, so we don't want erosion, so we got to leave strips of grass. So that's how they manage. The homeowner might just spray a circle or manage a, 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 a diameter of 10 feet. It could be bigger under tree. And of course, if we mulch it, that would be even better. And I'll know a lot of Farmers are not going to mulch hundreds of acres of, of trees, but if you only got two or three, four or five, whatever, eight or ten trees in the yard, those can be mulched pretty easily. And get rid of the sweet gums and water oats and grass of all kind of growing around those trees, especially when you first plant them. A pecan tree 
will grow, and it's over 70% faster if you manage those weeds. Up the first three or four years of its life, it grows so much faster. People always ask me, well, how long is it going to take before I have pecans? And all my answer is that depends on you. If you're not going to manage the weeds around this tree, it's going to take a while. But if you manage the weeds, and of course we need to irrigate and fertilize and, and other things too, but weed, if, if I couldn't do the weed control, I don't worry about fertilizing either. You see, you're fertilizing those weeds. So I would do the weed control first, and then there's other things that go along with that as well. Right, because pecan growers, that's the long game. You know, you're looking at, at the earliest, maybe six years when you can get your first crop of nuts, and then at the latest, maybe 14 years or never, really. And so you've got to plan ahead and make these decisions during establishment that are going to impact you for the rest of your time growing these plants. Not only are we doing wheat, and you're not making any nuts those first few years, so not only are we doing weed control and mulch and fertilizing and watering, we're shaping that tree too. So that these branches, I mean, I want them a certain angle from the tree and spaced around the tree and up the tree as it grows so that they're not one branch is not directly over the top of another and it's better, just better air circulation. So we're training that tree as it grows. So we're doing work even though we're not getting any nuts. You're right, it's the long. You got to think about the end, mm-hmm. not, not the beginning. Well, you touched on fertilizer a little bit. Is there a general rule of thumb, or what are we doing with pecan trees? It's always recommended to, one, do a soil test. I want to know what the pH is, and it talks, it'll tell you the phosphorus and potassium in the soil and other things, but I'm really interested in that pH, so do a soil test. A farmer will do a leaf analysis on trees. A soil test is going to tell you what's in the ground. The leaf analysis will tell you what's in the tree. Now, we already know what the trees need. We're just taking the difference of what they already got, and we can add more. But as a general rule, but I'd love to see that soil test. And, no, I want that pH to be around 6, 6.2, 6.3, something like that. That would make me happy, and I don't know without the soil test what the pH is. But as a general rule, and this is what a lot of homeowners would do, we would put, this is how we calculate it, but it's for every year age of the tree, you put a pound of triple 13 per year age of the tree up to 25 pounds per tree, so up to a 25-year-old tree. So if it's 30 years old, it's still 25 pounds. If it's two years old, it's only two pounds. Also, we'll add a pound of 3400 um, fertilizer, nitrogen fertilizer, for every year, one pound for every year age of the tree up to 20 pounds per tree. So if it's 20 years old, it's 20 pounds. If it's 50 years old, it's still just 20. If it's 10 years old, it's 10. And this can be found on our extension website and Alabama Pecan Growers website too, so you don't have to write all this down. So that's the nitrogen, that's the the triple 13. It's usually a tenth of a pound of zinc per year age of the tree, up to two pounds per tree. So if if your trees are over 25 years old, it's 25 pounds of triple 13, 20 pounds of 3400, two pounds of zinc, and then I don't know how much lime without the soil test, but uh, 50 pounds of lime per 1,000 square feet is about equivalent to a ton per acre. So see what the soil test tells you, and we'll go from there. You'll go from the base of the tree on one and a half to two times the drip line. So it's not just out to where the branches come. We're one and a half or even twice the branch spread of that tree where the feeder roots or root hairs that's taking up nutrients are on the tips of the roots. So they're branched all underground. But obviously, they're further out, too. So from the base of the tree 
almost about two times the drip line is where we fertilize. Now, the time of year, I mean, there's a difference between Mobile and Huntsville, I mean, as far as time, but so I'm going to say something that kind of depends on your spring and how it goes. And I think about the nitrogen leaches down through the soil so fast, I don't want to fertilize until I have the green leaves are starting. So I'm going to say I want to fertilize, and it depends on where you are, when people start planting gardens and it starts warming up, and I would say April, sometime I would fertilize. And you can do all the fertilizer at that one time, now, we could split the nitrogen fertilizer and do half the nitrogen, all the triple 13, half the nitrogen in April and another half, the other half in June. We can divide it up even more. If you have a heavy year one year, a lot of times people will come back in August with a little more nitrogen during that heavy year because we know the next year may be light and we didn't get a lot of growth in the summer. So now we can divide it up and do some every month, but if we did it at least once a year, I'd be happy. But yeah, we can divide that up and do it two or even three times a year. And the soil test is critical. Like in my area, we've got a lot of phosphorus in our soils. So you don't really need to put out phosphorus every year or ever, really. So it's critical to do that soil test so you're not wasting money on things you don't need. It doesn't do any good to add the things you don't need. That's exactly right. And I can't tell by looking. I've got to see the soil test. Right, yeah. And then back to the number of applications of fertilizer. If you've got a sandy soil, you may not want to put it all out at once because it's just going to go love, whoop. Absolutely. I love the idea of doing it along the long. It's more work on the applicator, whoever's putting it out, but that tree would appreciate it. Yeah, spoon feeding them like you would a little baby or something like that or... I don't know what else you spoon feed other than plants because that's all I work with. But I'm glad you mentioned the association. So like that goes for any commodity that you're involved in. If you're a grower and you're growing a commodity, it's always good to get linked in with a pecan growers association or whatever, vegetable grower, whatever it is, so you can be around other people doing the same thing as you and we can network and we can talk with each other and we can learn. They all have educational components to these organizations and it, it might even be you buy equipment together i don't know might save you money but it'll definitely educate you so i would highly recommend that our con specialist he's retired now but i learned a lot from him his name was bill golf and this is what the secret to pecan production this is the secret to pecan production maintain healthy foliage to increase carbohydrate reserves and he had the student, you ever took his class, you'd have to say that word for word, maintain healthy foliage to increase carbohydrate reserves. What that means is, putting that in, in plain, plainer talk, I guess, keep the leaves on that tree green or healthy as possible. And I would almost say, Jacob, if we're growing roses, if we're, you, you name the plant, if I don't have good leaves on that plant, I'm not going to expect a whole lot of good fruit either. You see, so maintain healthy foliage. So what can we do to make the leaves of that tree healthy? Well, it's using fungicides when we need to, if you have the ability to do that. And, and again, our weed control, mulch, irrigation, thinning them out if needed, just things that we talked about today. What are some things you do leading up to harvest, and how are we going to harvest these nuts from these trees on a commercial level? Well, that's a good question, too. And I want the ground clean. And on a commercial level, they, they rake them all in a windrow and they're, they're picked up. You push it and it just picks them up and puts them in a, a container and that's quick. But the ground's got to be clean. 
And, uh, of course, they've got to be dried. You don't want to store them wet. And they can be frozen. They can be hauled out. There, there's places you can take them to clean them. I get this question a lot, and I know a lot of people have cattle, livestock, or whatever. But even if you don't have livestock, a dog or cat or something, don't just assume that nut is clean. A lot of people clean them before they crack them. For the commercial, they really don't want livestock even in the field 12 months before harvest, right. so, which almost means just never. You, never. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on those alternate bearing years. Yeah. But you're still going to have trees in the in the orchard that are bearing well. You know, Not all of them are going to be on the same. Well, a, a pecan grower on that heavy year, if they're heavy, they kind of assume the next year is going to be light. So a lot of them will go in there and they'll go shake the nuts. You know, a homeowner just wait till they fall and pick them up. Right. But the farmer will shake the tree and go in there and harvest the nuts. And um, what they'll do is shake some of the nuts out during the summer of a tree that's heavy. What during time that of year? heavy year, during the middle of the summer. Okay. And then they'll hopefully give the tree time to grow, get that six or eight inches of growth, to ensure the next year would be a, a heavy year. When the people that didn't shake... You know, pecan prices will go up and down. So during that light year, you might be heavy and prices might be higher, but you risk it there because you had to sh- you're shaking nuts out of a tree. I feel like I know even more about pecans now, Chip. I really appreciate you coming and breaking it down for us. And so I know that everyone's going to appreciate it. We hope to have you back soon. Anytime. And just if you ever have any questions on that, you just contact your local extension office and they'll be glad to help you. This has been a production of Alabama Extension at Auburn University.